Hi guys, what's up? I'm Christina from Samando. Welcome to Samando Talks. Today's video is going to be all about sourcing. Sourcing is one of the most crucial steps when trying to sell a product successfully on Amazon. There are lots of companies out there offering their help with sourcing services. Today we're going to speak about one of them, Noviland. And for that reason, I will interview Francois Joffres, who's business development manager at Noviland. He will tell us something about the people behind the company, what kind of services and platform they offer, and what they can do to help you. Let's say hi to Francois. So uh, as Christina said, yeah, I'm, I'm Francois at Noviland. Uh, I run business development primarily in, in marketing, but um, I've been with the company since the inception, since we had only uh, three people. So it's, it's definitely fun seeing it grow. Um, and then in regards to Noviland, of course, uh, we handle sourcing and purchasing from over 3,000 factories currently in China. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been such a, a fun ride, uh, really, being able to service all these different companies. Um, can you tell me what's the main benefit of Noviland? Like what differentiates you from competitors, if you have any competitors, of course? Sure, sure. No, I mean, we recognize, of course, that there are a lot of options out there. Um, and then in regards to tech-based sourcing companies, we do have a key differentiator where we're able to service just about any sized company. Uh, so, and we actually started out with wholesalers and distributors uh, established retailers, uh, developers, uh, you know, hotel owners, we, we were able to really uh, find this niche in uh, building materials. And from there, uh, about four years ago, we were able to grow uh, this technology where we were able to release the beta about a little bit over a year ago and then release it to the general public uh, about mid last year. Um, and so what this technology does is it really breaks down uh, all of their RFQs, and then it selects the best suited factories. Uh, so it's not just, you know, a sourcing agent, let's say, that's a, a, an easy comparison to us, that they take your request and then they'll start contacting factories on Alibaba or, uh, you know, AliExpress or 1688. Uh, we actually have a technology that breaks down the RFQ and pulls it apart and we'll match them to that best suited factory. From there, we do have the, the human element uh, where we do you know, start contacting factories, getting the best uh, prices for them. Um, and it's all based on you know, whatever they're looking for. So you have both, like you have the human element, but also technology. Right, right. And the technology is really probably the most important part. Um, so the platform that we're able to build is very user friendly on the front end, in the back end, that's, I, I think that's really why we're able to service so many um, small to medium-sized businesses, and we're able to run on this freemium model. Uh, it's really because we're able to communicate as a team and set certain tasks uh, throughout the entire sourcing process because we're, we're very well uh, versed and, and experienced in sourcing, uh, but without the technology, it's just not scalable. Uh, that's why you'll see sourcing agencies typically be relatively small. Sometimes they're one-man shows. Uh, but that comes with an extremely high um, labor cost, right? Because if you're spending all your time trying to do all these different tasks, then you can only service certain companies. Sure. Uh, or you have to charge, you know, $1,500 up front or have a minimum order value of, you know, $10,000, stuff like that. 
what's the typical Amazon seller that is using your site? Is this more like those smaller private label brands or also super big companies? Like what's your typical client type? And, and this is actually what gets me so excited about it. Um, so we actually started working with Amazon sellers about a year ago. Um, so before that, we were working with wholesalers, as I said, distributors, hotel owners, uh, you know, apartment builders. Uh, and then when we released the technology, we found that we could actually service just about any sized company. And then Amazon sellers are perfect for that because we have clients that are doing, you know, let's say under a thousand dollars in an order, even under two, like under 2000 uh, is probably where most of them start out. So about 1500 to 2000 range, uh, you know, maybe 500 units. And then we also have the sellers that are doing upwards of five to 10 million in sales on Amazon. And we see that we're able to service as smaller guys, uh, especially the ones that are just starting out in private label because our technology lets us be efficient on the back end. Uh, and that's really the key to it. And um, we, we love that we're able to uh, help these businesses really build and, and it's great working with them along the way. It's, it's, that's probably the most fulfilling part of my job, uh, seeing a, a brand just build from you know, one product to, to the second, to the third, to the fourth, and, and just chatting with them uh, throughout the day. It's, it's great. I, I literally have chills right now <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, this was actually one of my uh, next questions. Like, what do you like most about your business? But I guess you answered that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, seeing the businesses grow, uh, I think is number one and, and seeing a lot of the wholesalers that we worked with, uh, seeing them be very appreciative of uh, a, a large part of the workload and a large part of the risk. Uh, be mitigated through our company because they no longer have to deal with, you know, 10 suppliers. Now they could just uh, work with us for all 10 different products. Uh, then, you know, we could combine the shipping for them. Um, and then in terms of the risk, uh, working with a U.S. based company, of course, is a lot different than working with someone based out of China. Uh, it's really, really, really hard to uh, enforce those international contracts. And it's been so many times where I hear a lot of our users come to us and, and just, uh, mentioned that their supplier ghosted them or their trade agent just stopped replying via email or WeChat. And we're like, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's no way to run a company. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, uh, I, I, I think the most fulfilling part is, is knowing that uh, we're actually benefiting these companies. Okay. And how did you get sought in the Amazon industry? Was it like you were sitting around like, okay, we can also, help small companies? Maybe we should start with Amazon private label sellers or do you know anyone selling on Amazon or did one of you sell on Amazon yourself? Yeah, so we actually don't sell on Amazon ourselves. Um, none of us have ever sold on Amazon ourselves. It was, believe it or not, a, a referral from one of our uh, smaller retailers that they had a friend that was selling on Amazon. And they brought them onto our platform because it, it was free to use when we, when we launched, it's still free to use. And they were able to just see how much easier it is than going onto these marketplaces. And from there, it just kind of started spreading throughout the community where now we're able to uh, reach out and do a little bit more marketing in it. Um, but it's not really something that um, we expected to get into. It's, it's not something that uh, we, we were really targeting with our marketing uh, about a year ago. It, it just kind of started spreading and, and 
uh, you know, I'd love to be part of the Facebook groups now. Uh, I love to chime in on the different, I know I see you there too. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I see you commenting I, I, all the time, like <laughs> engaging like crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great. I love to uh, to be able to spread more knowledge because uh, at the end of the day, if these businesses could start growing, um, it's it's great overall. It's it's very fulfilling to see. So I see you're very happy at Noviland. Oh yeah. <laughs> which brings me to my next question: What was your best and what was your worst moment at Noviland so far? So I think the best is when we started hiring more in China uh, because we do have an office in Hangzhou. And when we started hiring here, uh, because I got to see that uh, a lot of the processes that we implemented and a lot of the customers that we had were just too much for, you know, a few people to handle. Um, and knowing that we're going to be able to bring that to more companies uh, is definitely, it was definitely probably the most fulfilling part uh, of this job. Um, not to mention, I got to bring on one of my good friends from school and, and, and he works with us now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that was exciting, uh, being able to employ, you know, uh, one of your buddies. But uh, in terms of the worst, oh, I don't know. I mean, the startup culture, uh, I'm sure you know, it ha has its ups, has its downs. But I mean, I don't think there's a, a worst moment, I would really say, in Noviland. That's, <laughs> that's also a great answer. I mean, that's how it should be, right? Right. Right. Let's hope it stays like this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hope it does. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we'll still have some downs. I mean, with any startup, there's always those moments where, uh, you know, you wish you might have done something differently, or you think in hindsight, uh, those might be the the worst moments. Uh, but you learn from them, and 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 you work to improve them. So, um, uh, very appreciative to be uh, uh, given this opportunity to be here. Okay, so the next question I'm gonna ask might be a bit weird. Okay. Um, you can also take a moment to think about it. If you could hire a famous person in the world to work for Noviland to be your colleague, who would that be and why? If I can hire a famous person to work at Noviland and be a colleague, huh, you stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, now the first name that popped into my head. Now, I don't know if I would want them to be a colleague. I would want them to challenge me. I, want, I would want them to challenge every single thing I did if they, if they had time for it. And I, I think that would be Gary Vaynerchuk. I, I don't know if you've ever heard his, uh, his shows or, or podcasts, but God, he's, he's thrilling. He has so many ideas. And, and it's just like, if, if you could challenge every single thing I did and, and if I was able to have, you know, kind of that uh, competition mindset, I guess, within my job itself, uh, just like a little bird chirping over your shoulder, just you know, telling you, are, are you really, are, are you, do you really want to do that? Are you, are you messing up? Um, I think that that would help drive me even more and, and help me grow. Great answer. I love him. I follow him on every channel. Like Gary Wee is the first person to shout at me every morning from my Instagram channel. So I love it. Yeah, no, it's um, it's usually like the last thing I watch during the day, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it on when I'm getting ready for work in the morning. So no, I, I, I feel you on that. Gary Vee is a definitely an inspiration. Um, what would you say? Who 
influences Noviland with its vision or also like who did it back then? Like who influenced where the co company is now most like family, friends, your team itself? I mean, every day we kind of come with this mindset of, okay, what can we do to improve? And we always brainstorm. And the first thing that we start brainstorming with is, okay, what are some of the issues that our users are having? Uh, so we get a lot of our inspiration from just feedback. Uh, you know, what pain points are you getting into? Uh, are you, especially with Amazon, are you experiencing, you know, a lot of competition that are giving you false reviews or marking your uh, item you sold as new? Uh, just so many different issues that maybe we're not directly able to um, fix uh, because we're a sourcing and, and purchasing company, but we're able to talk through with them and we're able to say, okay, hey, we could recommend this company or hey, go check out sermando.com and you could definitely find whatever you need there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a lot of it's user driven um, being in the, uh, uh, you know, being in a startup, you really have to, to keep an ear to the ground and, and n recognize when uh, uh, something needs to be changed and, and when there's an opportunity to, uh, to grow with your users. Okay, then I will finish this off with uh, a famous last question. Can you name three tips that you would give to any Amazon seller out there? Three tips to any Amazon seller. Can I do it specifically for private label sellers? Sure. Okay. Because <laughs> we have the arbitrage sellers, but we, we can't help them too much. Um, so private label sellers, three tips. Uh, one is uh, definitely do more research about your products before selling them. Uh, so in regards to who your competition is, what the actual price is, uh, thinking three steps ahead to where, okay, what if I get it shipped to the West Coast? And then what's the price difference if I have to get it shipped to the East Coast? Because Amazon's infamous for splitting up the, the orders to different warehouses. Um, so doing more research on the products and, and just really trying to have a, a longer uh, plan. Uh, second tip would be definitely developing a a long-term pricing strategy um, because what we see is especially with the rise of Amazon private label sellers and those that are just starting out is they'll go onto these marketplaces like Alibaba and see, you know, I could get 500 units for a dollar is what they think because that's what is displayed. Um, realistically, a manufacturer probably isn't a real factor at least isn't able to produce those for a dollar because the manufacturing cost of, you know, the changeover, the labor, the raw material uh, MOQ that they have. Uh, there's several reasons that they're not able to do that. So think of, okay, if I need to start out at 500 units, what's the price there? Am I going to be losing money? Do I have to break even for the next six months? Okay. But what if I got it at a thousand units? And then what if I get 5,000 units? Uh, and that's really uh, kind of, I guess, going with tip one, but thinking ahead where, okay, now what if I get to 10,000 units and that's not going to you know, be sustainable to put into an FBA warehouse. So what's the next step? Can I check out, you know, 3PL and, and try to do some warehousing with them? Um, or is it cheaper storage fees there? So it's, it's developing a long-term pricing strategy and thinking five steps ahead uh, instead of saying I need 500 units at a dollar 50 because realistically it's, it's probably not going to happen. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the third step. Use Noviland. 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely use Novi <laughs> Uh I mean, that should be a given, but uh, no, when you're, uh, when you're talking to suppliers, and, and this is more of a general tip, I think, for uh, anyone that's sourcing overseas, uh, when you're talking to suppliers, spend a little bit more time betting them. Uh, we have clients that have been scammed uh, thousands of dollars because they didn't properly vet their manufacturers or they didn't vet the trade agents, uh, even didn't vet, you know, the freight forwarding company that's promising a, you know, a 20 day lead time and uh, super cheap. So definitely be wary of those. Um, and just one more tip, but I'm sorry. One more tip is do not try to haggle with them to the point where they're going to break because that's when you're gonna be experiencing those ghosting uh, scenarios. That's when they're gonna start compromising quality uh, to be able to get to your price point. Uh, it's a very traditional culture for them to say yes to, to just about anything that you need because realistically, yes. Can they make that, can they get it to a dollar instead of a dollar fifty? Yes, but I'm gonna be cutting corners. I'm gonna be uh, reducing the quality assurance throughout uh, manufacturing, which is different than QC. Um, you know, I'm not going to be using the best material or I'm going to be thinning out, you know, the thickness of it. There's so many things that they can do to reduce the price that they might just not be telling you up front. So just don't push them to the breaking point. They have to make money at the end of the day too. Yeah, sure. uh, so, so if that 5% or 10% really means that much, then maybe, maybe you're looking at the wrong product uh, to sell. Maybe that you know, market is just too competitive or uh, maybe you're looking at the wrong factory and in, in the wrong part of China too. Okay, perfect. Is there anything you want to get out before we finish off this interview? Uh, no, I want to thank you so much for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's been nothing but a pleasure working with you and Tobias and uh, speaking to you guys and brainstorming back and forth. And I, I think what you guys are doing are, is wonderful. Uh, I've already been able to recommend Sermondo to so many of our users uh, where you know they're trying to ease their processes and find you know a virtual assistant, let's say or they're looking for marketing uh, agencies. And I, I just say, hey, you know what? I can't, I don't have too many at the top of my head right now, but if you check out Sermondo, uh, you'll definitely be well taken care of. Uh, and we've gotten some feedback already where they were able to find them pretty quickly and, and of course help grow their sales and makes us happy. Again, it's, it's you know, seeing them grow is, is the most important part. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this video and the interview with Francois. And if you want to find out more about Noviland, just click the link that we put in the description. Have a wonderful week.